don't think coffee is what you need at 5 p.m. <laughs> I'm frazzled. Is this recording? Yeah. Oh. Caleb. I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'm Haley. And I'm having... What? I, I'm having a seltzer, a hard seltzer. It's 5 p.m. A drink of sorts with my ex. Coffee with my ex. A latte. <laughs> a pumpkin spice latte. I should wind down. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb, you're giving me anxiety and I have a lot to do. I really hope you can take some of mine. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Coffee with Mags podcast. And we are here today after a long, long week of launching our activewear line, Active Booty. We talked about it all in the last podcast and we quite literally have not. I don't think sat down in seven days. No, we have not. I think today is the pinnacle of my tornado spiral. It's the peak. It It is the peak. But there is no time to stop when November 3rd is rolling right around the corner. Yeah, so by the time that they're seeing this, election day is technically the next day. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good, though. Good timing. Yeah, I know, right? Mm Mm-mm. Um, yeah, so, uh, yesterday I asked you guys on the Instagram, which if you're not following our Instagram, make sure you're following this. You guys are really engaged Yeah, every time I do polls or, like, questions or ask for guys' opinions or whatever, you guys are so down to share, and I think that's great, and I'm very, um, grateful that you guys are happy to be a part of the conversation. So today we're going to talk about, um, the election. Yay, more election stuff. This is where we're going to lose a lot of people. <laughs> we're going to see the drop off. I'm going to try to be as calm as possible. Like, I, I want to be able to voice my opinion because, like, this is our podcast and, like, that's kind of the point. But I also want to be able to, like, share some facts and just what you guys have said in a calm way because not everyone's going to agree with you. Um, so, but when I read something that literally, uh, makes me feel like I want to cry, it's hard to not be angry, but I'm going to try my best. That's that's (laughs) commendable. (laughs) Um, so today I sat down and I tried to answer as many questions as you guys had, because you guys had a lot of questions. And I think, especially for our non-American viewers, um, a lot of them just want to understand how the U.S. election works because it is way more complicated than most, and it also affects the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to answer some of those questions, and then just like some questions that people in the U.S. have. Um, so yeah, anything to say about that, Kayla? Are you no? Just I'm sit just there? very, very excited. I'm listening. I feel like today's going to be a learning experience for me <laughs> because I'm obviously I'm invested in politics and I voted. Since I was 18, mm-hmm. but and which is funny because you are were like the opposite. You like really weren't as into voting. I voted but you when did, I was 18, but you did. But now yeah, I let's feel talk like about that. I learn a lot from you. Yeah, it is interesting because I voted for Obama when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my that was the 2012 election, and then in 2016 I didn't vote the Hillary Trump. You didn't. I didn't. You know that. I keep like blocking that out same (laughs) wow okay yeah wow yeah and that's like during the because i used to like i mean i've always like cared and i think that it came to a point for me that i was like obviously politics are very overwhelming um when it's you feel like everyone around you knows more than you and so it makes you kind of like be like no like it's too much everyone sucks like whatever and like I, I, I get that but I think that knowledge is power in that sense and so the more that you learn the more comfortable you are with the, the decisions you make so whenever um, Trump got elected in 2016 I was like never again mm-hmm. it was like and I mean at that point that was really only the second time I was able to vote but like I was like mm-mm Never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of that happened for a lot of people because, I mean, especially among young people, voter turnout is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. And so many people for the first time are being like, no, I have to use my voice. I have to pay attention. So I think, honestly, the Trump, Trump presidency was necessary to wake people up. And realize like it, it matters, which is kind of like, in a sense, since he did lose the popular vote... It is still kind of like, wait, what? But that's we'll get into that later. But <laughs> but yeah, I think it woke a lot of people up to like, oh, 
like politics like affects people people's everyday lives and I think that for a long time I was blind to the fact of that mm-hmm. of like oh no like things pretty much stay the same but like I was just like young and like didn't know what I was talking about yeah. <laughs> and that's just the truth mm-hmm. but I think it's what's so cool now is I feel like kids like who are my age then like they're so like informed and like and obviously with like social media it's kind of hard to not be informed and that's completely different from when like when we were like 18 Mm -hmm. um so it's really cool to see like um gen z just being so mobilized in their activism and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i think one thing that i've noticed is since you know the internet and information is a lot more accessible i have noticed um like the headline or like clickbaity things mm-hmm. on both sides just be even more out of control and I think that divides people Lying. too because <laughs> it's just like like the argument like liberals want to spend all money on climate or like republicans want everyone to shoot people it's just yeah. like there are these like headlines and no one takes nuance into account mm-hmm. and I feel like with both sides they both play into that and so everyone is even angry at each other because no one I I think that obviously I'm I'm liberal and I think that a lot of conservative politics I'm very very strongly disagree with but the uh, the conservatives that are not crazy and again there's crazy liberals and crazy conservatives I don't think everyone has bad intentions I think there are just so many nuances within both sides that they genuinely just disagree on certain policies Mm -hmm. but I think everything is so played up and headlines are so outlandish that it makes you hate the other party. Yeah. Right off the bat. So hopefully in this podcast we can dive into the nuances and really talk about issues mm-hmm. without making it so polarizing or yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Can I switch to busy? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, like first and foremost, Caleb's gonna pop this. <laughs> Um, okay, so first and foremost, I kind of wanted to explain, like, the U.S. election, like, year situation, like, when we have our elections and stuff like that, just for, like, our non-American viewers or someone in America who just, like, really isn't, like, up to date on that kind of stuff. So, and if also, if I'm, like, literally, I'm gonna read this because I'm not trying to, like, miss anything, and I spend a lot of time on this. (laughs) She wrote an essay that is at college level. Um, writing essays is my passion. (laughs) We have a pie chart. <laughs> okay, so every four years we have a new presidential election in which all political parties have usually multiple people running within that party. And to narrow it down before actual election day, we hold the primaries to nominate one person per political party. And then on November 3rd of every four years, we hold a presidential election. There are several things on the ballot, such as different propositions, as well as local and state races. Jeez. Oh, good job. That's concise. <laughs> So that is election day overview, 100%, 1,000% condensed. Okay, and so my next thing that I feel like is kind of taboo, especially for this year with like COVID and stuff like that, is um, in-person voting versus mail-in voting. Yeah. Um, So what I have, I sent in my ballot like weeks ago. So I just am curious what you're doing. Um, Cameron and I are going back and forth. He really wants to go in person because he doesn't think it's going to be counted. And while I understand and respect that, I think that waiting in line for eight hours, especially with how busy we've been, is just like not the move. Yeah. (laughs) And I really want to, I, if he goes in person, I'll probably go in person, but like fingers crossed we can convince him to do ballot box. Yeah. But I'm more concerned about like sitting down and going through all the props and stuff mm-hmm. because I really want to make an informed decision on that. And also, I was talking <laughs> to someone who uh, about the props, and I was like, I'm confused on two. Prop 22 with the cars and Uber, and I'm confused on the dialysis. And she's like, listen, I know that this person's like a Google employee. And they're like, I feel like since they're spending so much money on prop 22 mm-hmm. like it has to be bad yeah and she's like i just had to they're vote no spending like, a lot of money on prop 23 as well who's what's that the dialysis oh so i asked her about the dialysis too and she goes actually um my friend is on dialysis so i was like what's the tea with this and she's like i voted um no on this because she's like they're actually closing things down if they require doctors 
to come because she goes like a lot of poor people, like especially low income people don't have the money for dialysis. So like they can't have all the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. And so if you're requiring them to spend more on like putting doctors there, then less clinics will be open and less people will have access. So the per that person was like, I actually voted no on that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, my mind is blown because I assume like that's just propaganda. Yeah. And it's so hard it's to so know hard, what the truth is. It's so hard, especially the propositions because, um, well, on the ballot, I feel like it explains it pretty concisely in the sense of like, to me, it just sounds like um, it's more of a, it'll raise our taxes situation because... Who gives a fuck about healthcare type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. And again, what if that person was just like buying into the propaganda? Like, mm -hmm. how do you know the truth? Yeah. You just <sighs> have to make your own decision, which is like, but it's also good to talk with people. Mm -hmm. I think that because we've talked to a few like Uber and Lyft drivers who really are not, <laughs> not even like. <laughs> we were on the way back and I was like, we were I, had, I had drank too. a lot and I was like, sir, <laughs> what do me? you think about Prop 22? Do you want benefits? <laughs> He didn't. And he, he didn't know. He didn't know. We also talked about how the economy worked and raising, raising the minimum wage. <laughs> and then by the time we, we had dropped you off, we were yeah. on our way back home. And I had realized by that point he was voting, probably voting for Trump. But yeah. he was still, he was the undecided voter. He was the, I was speaking to, I felt like the only undecided voter in the country. <laughs> I was like, where are all these undecided voters? And I and God showed one. me one. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't understand. Like what I, I said, I was talking about how Trump is like really divisive, especially for like the LGBT community and um, especially for black people and all these other like social circles. And he was like, why? Like, please explain that to me. And I was like, well, um, I'm gay. And so, and I went on and he's mm -hmm. like, oh, you're, oh, you're gay. And I... Oh, he was... Where was he from? I he was from Armenia. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, no. Like, I just outed myself. Like, I forget that that's still kind of, like, risky. And, like, when you're drunk in the back of an Uber, it's like the last thing the you want to do is put yourself in a compromising position. <laughs> so <laughs> Cameron literally like, grabbed my leg and squeezed like, it. And I was like, yeah, we are gay. <laughs> With a capital G, bitch. <laughs> Scared. What were we talking about? Um, how are we voting? How are we voting? Um, hopefully ballot box. <laughs> <laughs> and also know that if you do the mail-in voting, um, obviously by the time you see this, it's like too late to mail it, but you can drop it off at a ballot box location, um, on the day you're seeing this on a Monday and then tomorrow on Tuesday, which like, I think is just like a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to do it forever. <laughs> Okay, so I asked everyone if they voted already so far, and 68% of you guys have, which wow. is really, really cool. Wow. And then I asked everyone if they're voting by mail or in person, and in a lot of states there's already early voting happening, so a lot of people can vote in person right now. Um, but 47% of you guys said mail, and 53% said in person. Wow. Which I thought was pretty cool. It's split, hmm. split. But there are four states that by mallet is the default. By mallet? By mallet? <laughs> Wait, which states? Um, Oregon and like one of the four that are square. I'm looking. I'm like, see the map in my mind. <laughs> Two of the four that are square. Is that a Dakota? No, 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 no. It's like a, like a, Wyoming? a Utah situation. One of those. Don't quote me on that. It's a rectangle. It's a square. Utah? Just like, you know how there's like those four states that are all squares and like they're all the same. <laughs> or just anything in the mountain standard time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, so I'm here's another. I'm gonna read you a passage from my essay. <laughs> How can you vote? Most states allow mail-in ballots, but every state has physical polling locations. Every state has different laws about voting, which makes everything very confusing, especially when they change the states before the election. Mm. Red states historically make voting a little bit more difficult, such as no early voting, no absentee ballots, or few polling locations. Fewer polling locations lead to long lines, sometimes upwards of 10 hours. This is especially true for denser populated areas or areas with a larger amount of people of color. Every voter has to register, in quotations, but it is register. Um, and some states have a deadline for this, while blue, many bluer states allow you to register the same day. States that don't have early voting or allow mail-in ballots without providing a solid excuse really expect... <laughs> this is like a little sassy. Really expect Americans to take an entire Tuesday off work to participate in our democracy? 
Why do people, <laughs> why do people have to work on election day? Or why is it on a Tuesday, not the weekend? Why do you register to vote when so many countries have automatic registration or none at all? This is called voter suppression. <laughs> I truly, it baffles me, and the only reason it would make sense is because I feel like low-income people are more likely to vote blue, so red states are not going to want to make it easy to vote. Right. But, like, that's really messed up. Or, like, working-class people who, like... Yeah, but, but like, aren't... That's what's so fascinating is because, like, Republicans play to, like, working-class people, but, Mm -hmm. like, they don't do anything for Mm working-class people. Or it's just like they make it harder on them while convincing them they're making it easier on them. Yeah. Anyway, that's a later. That's a, just a genuine. It's con- very confusing. It is confusing, but it's so like nuanced. It's very like you have to like look into it. I'm sure it there to are really more layers understand. to it. There's but... so many layers to it, and there's like all gerrymandering and like stuff like that, which is like very complicated thing for me to like understand. <laughs> it's like a puzzle. I don't know. And mm. <laughs> um, the, it's just like yeah, it's very nuanced, and there's a lot of layers. I would say. Yeah. Speaking of voter suppression, who can slash can't vote? If you're a convicted felon, you may have a hard time getting back your right to vote. It varies by state, but most convicted felons will never get their right to vote back due to strict laws or even just the fees that come with trying to restore their voting rights. Only in D.C., Maine, and Vermont will felons ever lose, will, will never lose the right to vote. Uh, many people with severe mental health disabilities can't vote. Poll workers could even turn someone away who seems incompetent, which is illegal, but it happens. Under federal law, a person cannot be barred from voting because of incompetence, incompetence except in very limited circumstances, which is abused. As a rule, if a person is competent enough to go to the polls, the polls and vote or complete an absentee ballot, ballot, federal law requires that person to be allowed to vote. Immigrants that have gone through the naturalization process have the right to vote. Naturalization means that they have their green card or they've been a permanent resident for at least five years or an, and are able to read, write, and speak English. And of course, you pay a $725 fee on top of your green card fees if you have one. So if you become a citizen, then you have to pay extra to vote? You can only vote as an immigrant if, you've, if you have been here for five years and have undergone the naturalization process, which that costs $725. Or if you have your green card... So, like, you could be here for less than five years and have your green card, which has its all these other fees. And you can and you vote also, if you have your green card. You can. Okay. You can. And you've undergone the naturalization process, which is interesting to me because I feel like there's some Americans that can't read, write, or speak English. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, I... So, I don't really know what that... And it, I, what confuses me is just, like, we don't have, like, a national language. I don't think it's right to make everyone who comes in this country learn English, like... In order to like, imagine moving to a new country and then being like, you can't vote here until you learn our language. And I'm like, yeah, but like what? I live here. Yeah, but I li- but I live oh, here. That is so messed up. Oh, I yeah. hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you learn the you learn two languages. Yeah, <laughs> dead God. ass, dead ass. Okay, so back to the polls. Um, I asked everyone if they consider themselves more conservative or liberal. Um, obviously, Caleb and I consider ourselves more liberal, um, extremely liberal. And Haley's <laughs> <laughs> borderline radical. <laughs> um, and nineteen percent of you guys said you're conservative. Nineteen percent. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It, and honestly, a... I appreciate that you guys still listen to us. Yeah, same. Um, and then eighty-one percent of you guys said liberal. And then I asked everyone if this is their first year voting, and nineteen percent of them said yes, and eighty-one percent said no. Interesting. Okay. So almost twenty percent of people that this is, this is their first year voting. Wow, it's a lot of people. That's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, okay. Another question that I asked is, as an American, do you feel like our system works for us or against us? Oh, gosh. I mean, that's... So, I mean, right, me? Are you asking yeah, me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I think it's both. I think there are some instances where it works great for me. And then I think there are other instances <laughs> to where you. it does Yeah. I think, and that's, I think everyone's experience is everyone has a different life under yeah. our current system. Yeah. Um, 88% said against us. So 12 said for us. I mean, again, it's like the 1% that probably has it better. So the 12%. Yeah. Like... <laughs> the 12%, they're having a great time. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that's the thing is like if the country is working for you right now, like you're having a good you're time. You're having a good time. You're having a really good time. Like it's like the worst time and you're still having a good time. You're <laughs> living in a different America than we are. Yeah. 
Um, okay, I also asked everyone if they felt like the, the... I, like, have a stutter today. You're passionate. I'm just, like, I'm hot. You have a sweatshirt. I know, on. but I'm wearing a crop top. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked everyone if they felt like the debates were helpful. Ah, that was my question. Yeah, it was. Hmm. What did they say? Um, they said no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just theater. It and is. a reason to like hang out with your friends and be like. Shh. Or just to like ammunition to take down another opponent. Like yeah. they say, like slip up and say something stupid or like don't say it. Like there's so many times I want to Joe Biden like, you could say this. Like you could do this. Like you could be doing more. <sighs> Literally when the last debate, when Trump, like he was said something about like, well, 500 kids are still locked up and he, Trump said good. Like if that, does, like that doesn't even matter. Like no one even cares. Like yeah. literally at this point, nothing is off the yeah. table. No, yeah, you can literally say whatever Trump you want. Trump could literally, he could literally say, "Die all." Well, gays. he said I could kill someone in the middle of Times Square, and I people would still love me. And he is right. And he is right. And he is right. I mean, he's is right about that. That's just fascinating. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Sleepy Joe Biden. <laughs> What was Kamala? Did she have one? Oh, I don't know. But he loves to call her a condescending woman. A condescending woman. <laughs> With a capital. I love how he like capitalizes like sleepy uh, Joe Biden. Sleepy Joe Biden. <laughs> um, okay. I asked everyone if they've switched political parties during this, this election year. What is going on? What did Allison order for you guys? She orders a gift? I don't know. She feels so bad about living here for a month. <laughs> I don't know. But it better be Sugarfish. Oh my God, you are so crazy. Okay, can you focus? Um, 11% of people said that, that yes, they did switch political parties. 11%? That's 11%, which is a lot. Intense. I mean, switching political parties is not something people do. No, that's not like, no. This is like, that's have not a party American. for yourself. I mean, we don't know which way we're talking about. <laughs> but 89% of y'all said no. Okay, so I want to go back to my essay. That's, I honestly would expect, a, I would love to know like for the Obama election. I feel like that was also super polarizing because it really challenged people's like prejudices. So absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I asked people who weren't in America, like what questions they had about US elections, what they're thinking, like what's going on in their mind, because I can only imagine what's going on in their mind. And whenever I asked everyone, um, people who were literally like, when I asked them like what they thought about the election, not one person um out of this outside this country in the responses um said that they liked trump oh (laughs) they said that they're scared for americans how did the how'd you get here american dream i don't think so (laughs) just like things like that yeah i found super interesting but i'm not at all surprised it's funny to hear americans talk about other countries yeah as if like we are the goal and yeah. it's funny to hear how other countries talk about us i know uh, we look like a lot of people we were talking silly. about how like it seems like a reality show yeah feels like one yeah <laughs> it's also funny that like um i data and like data isn't really used here like it's interesting that like <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> It's interesting. I feel like that we live on a planet and there are other countries besides just America. Yeah. yeah. And so like when other countries are also like super developed and mm-hmm. like um, have like a great economies or things that work, like you think that like if everyone is doing something that's working that you would follow suit. Yeah. But it's like we're on our own little island and we still are like, like healthcare and um, like guns and... Um, even like our metric system. It's just yeah. like transportation, yeah, education. Transporta- <laughs> it's just like if every other developed country is doing this thing and it's working, mm-hmm. why are why are we acting as if like it's not working? Yeah. Baffling to me. If you talk to any Canadian, they're gonna be like, Hi, we're right above you and it's the, it's things yeah, are better so than you have it. It's so not many perfect, Canadians but it's better than you like, have it. We're like, what the hell? Like, how do you, why are you, please? And yet you'll still have everyone be like, nope, the lines are so long. And then you talk to a Canadian, they're like, I mean, yeah, sometimes we have to wait a little bit, but like maybe in extreme situations, like, yeah. it's much better. Yeah. It's just fascinating to me. It's so interesting too, because I feel like a lot of people in the responses are talking about how like dramatic U.S. elections are and like how 
the people in Canada especially were like, our elections are so boring. Like, in comparison. Because <laughs> we have, like, the literal Antichrist yeah. <laughs> versus sleepy Joe Biden. So it's like... So what do people outside of the U.S. think about our election? American politics have a major effect on the world. We have the most expensive military by far. It affects our alliances. It affects the global market. And most importantly, the climate. There are countries that benefit from people like Trump, such as countries with authoritarian leadership. Trump leaves them alone. They make deals such as with oil. And it's great. They love each other and obviously favored by other anti-immigration countries. Um, So that was one of the... Like, overarching themes of, like, why it matters to, like, other countries don't have the luxury of not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, we do. We don't pay attention to elections in any other country. Right. Like, name a leader of one country. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> queen Elizabeth. I think that's just so interesting because it affects so much of, like, everyone else. But we feel like no, no yeah. one else, like, affects us at all. Right. Like in what we do. It's, it's yeah, it's very funny. Because we are, what, are, we are, we are the most powerful country. Yeah, we in have the, world. the biggest military. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. We, are we talking about that later, the military? No, let's go ahead and talk about it. Well, it's just confusing to me because I know some people are like very um, adamant about like we need more military spend era. I don't know if they're saying more. Our military spending is. Three times more than the next highest. No, it's disgusting. It's actually disgusting. And I say that as someone with military family. Obviously, my military family does not believe in the same politics that I do. But I support the military. I think the military is very necessary because mm-hmm. that's reality. But I don't understand how we can justify the budget um, in comparison to like basic healthcare, transportation, education. Right. So if, like, if you see like the breakdown of yeah. like you know, tax payer spending and like you have a lot of people saying like, I don't want my taxes, too much of my taxes to go into uh, Planned Parenthood or too much of my taxes is going to Medicaid or like whatever. And I'm like, you do realize that the amount that is like proportional to like all those things combined doesn't even come close to how much money is spent. Your taxes are going to the military. Your taxes are going to the military. And it's just like, and this is what I'm talking about. This is the headline where it's like, liberals want to defund the military. Yeah. And then I'll get family members sending me articles like, "You, I hope you're okay in this world when everyone's shooting us up. And it's like, nuance. Mm-hmm. No one's saying that we don't want the military to be funded. It's just like, they are excessively we... funded and we need to fund other things like in schools and education yeah. and health care. Yeah. God forbid a hospital exists. Like, you maybe get... Like, maybe one less gun or something so a hospital can be built? Like, yeah. calm down. Yeah. Anyways. No, 100%. And I think it's just, I mean, that that's why America runs the planet. Not because we're the best. Not because we're the most advanced. It's because we have the biggest military. Like, our budget for the military is bigger than, like, twice as big as, like, mm-hmm. China. You yeah. know, like China is China. China is huge. China. China. <laughs> so. I think that there is, like, I understand, because I'm sure some of our conservative listeners are going, well, exactly, we're the most powerful because of this military, and you don't want to lose that power. I get that argument, but I think we can still be the but most powerful without how, being, like... How is it fair to the American people to be like, you know what, we care more about keeping everyone out of this country than caring about the people that are inside this country? Oh, damn. That's good. So, like, if we can just, like, take a little from that and, you know, like, yeah. help our citizens. <laughs> right. Like, we like can, just be healthy at the very least. Yeah. I don't think that's too much to ask. No. Because, like, what is a country that's unhealthy, uneducated, and poor? Because if everyone is so, like, oh, my God, we can't raise our taxes anymore. We can't afford this. Then we have to take money from Reallocate somewhere else. Reallocate your funds and mix it's it up a little bit. All about distribution. And yeah. like you, like I think everyone should be responsible enough to say like we can take funds from certain places and not destroy that. Like the military is not underfunded. Healthcare is underfunded. Education is, is underfunded. Un- right. So it's like just like use your brain instead of just like being so gullible by mm-hmm. like headlines because that's what's destroying the country is you not 
understanding the nuance of situations. Like, right. be responsible. And, like, being like, oh, like, I want to defund the police. Oh, I want to defund the military, whatever. Doesn't mean, like, you hate America. I yeah. think, if anything, it means, like, you care about America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you want to help everyone. There's, it's just like, if you, if you, any one of you guys would look up online a pie chart of, like, how our taxes are divvied up. That's crazy. Um, it is alarming. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think about, like, I know I said this before, but, like, education and, like, how we're literally, like, teaching kids mm-hmm. who are our future for the economy. Like, you want to say you care about the economy. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of, like, um, a big no-no. To be like, you know, no, not, not gonna worry about education. Not gonna worry about keeping them healthy. They're just like, hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. But like, we got, we got the military. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't also get it. think that with um, like the headline type things, anytime you see something that like a, the name of something like um, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Black Lives Matter or defund the police or um new green new deal or all these like so scary to like any conservative ever these names are designed in like i know there are conservative examples as well but there are these names are designed obviously to get your attention Mm -hmm. but like just please do your research with these headline things because like the throwing around of that the headlines in literal terms mm-hmm. or like the names of things in literal terms yeah. is what causes confusion and chaos. 100%. Just like staying informed. Like planned parenthood. Yeah. Look it up. You planned parenthood is not an abortion factory. It is no. not a place where they go to take apart babies. Like, yes, some people get abortions there. Yes, it is my belief that it is not my right to decide what a woman does with her body. I think that she's more than capable of deciding when her pregnancy should end, and I'm sure that's a big decision, and I'm not going to assume that I know how she feels about it or that she can make a better decision than I can. Yeah. Regardless of that, Planned Parenthood is not just for abortions. It's how people get access to um, a preventative Birth control, um, any kind of like pap smear, STD, like it's insane. If you want to keep people safe and keep the pregnancy rate low then you need people like Planned Parenthood who are providing the information on how to keep people from getting pregnant yeah. in the first place yeah so instead of worrying about one thing they do that they you might not agree with mm-hmm. like maybe what if they did abortions in hospitals are you yeah. gonna defund every hospital right no the like you need those things so just before you take all the funding away or you're like oh Planned Parenthood just does abortions like just look into it because everyone just wants your attention for a headline and you're gonna end up hurting millions of people who need that access to healthcare. Absolutely. It's like, and it disproportionately affects people of color. Of course. Because we're a Planned Parenthoods. They're in like poor communities. That's where they need to be. So another question that I get asked from someone who doesn't live in America is why are politicians allowed to accept donations? Apparently in their country, they're not allowed to, or there's a cap. And I wanted to preface this with U.S. Kicked a bag. <laughs> the U.S. has the most expensive elections in the world. 2020 breaking the record at 11 billion. Most countries have a cap on spending. We have a long election period, 496 days, which gives plenty of time to spend all this money. Our elections are longer than pretty much every other country. Congress has tried to make laws capping donations to elections in time. Time again, it doesn't stick because many say it violates our First Amendment rights to freedom of speech. And that's why it gets overturned every single time. After... Um, the Watergate scandal. That's when, like, the last time they tried to, like, overturn or tried to make, like, a cap on election donations. And then someone was like, it violates First Amendment rights. And you know people in their First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a very short answer to a very long, complicated, like, thing. And I would recommend everyone who hasn't yet to watch, I mean, especially if like, you live in America, there's a, um, on Netflix, there's a Vox series, like uh, Explained, the Explained series on whose vote counts, and they go into this, and it's really interesting. Anything to add to that? No, I actually have a question about um, what we were just talking about. So places like Planned Parenthood, do other countries, are they still fighting on this issue? It's a like, good question. Is the pro-choice, pro-life, is that debate happening everywhere else? Um, that's a good question. Because I don't, I think it's probably not as big of an issue in a lot of countries such as like Denmark, Sweden or whatever. 
Um, so I don't know. Something I'd, I'd have to look into. Um, okay, so the, um, another question that I received is what if from Americans and non-Americans alike, what the fuck is the Electoral College? <laughs> and let me tell you, let me tell you. Um, under the Electoral College system, each state is assigned a certain number of votes. There are a total of 538 electoral votes, and the number of votes each from for each state receives is proportioned to its size. The bigger the state's population, the more votes it gets. Usually, in an election, the electoral college will match the popular vote, but prior to the 2016 election, there were only four times in U.S. history where a candidate won the presidency despite losing the popular vote. So it's not common, but it happens, and it's stupid. So, and and in order to um, abolish the electoral college, it requires two-thirds approval in both the House of Congress, the House of... And both houses of Congress, plus approval by 38 states. Can you explain what the purpose of it is? Uh, yes, I will. <laughs> the The reason the Electoral College was created initially, like founding fathers created the Electoral College, was to prevent uneducated and uninformed voters from de- from determining the president. So it was left to educated electors to decide. Uh, well, it, back, it, it did the opposite. <laughs> okay, okay. And another reason was to not give more populated states more power. So, the problem with this is that, number one, it's not, that problem of an uneducated, uninformed voter doesn't exist anymore. We have internet, like, it's, we don't have to send ravens to talk about the election. I don't know what they did. (laughs) I don't know what they did. But they were like, no one really knows, like, what's going on. So, like, we're going to elect these people to speak on these people's behalf. Um, But the problem with that now is that everyone has their own, like, Everyone access to me. Everyone has too many opinions now. So like that reasoning is not needed. It's outdated. It's outdated. Um, But another thing uh, to do with like to not give more populated states more power and something that I learned and didn't really understand because like for me, I'm like land doesn't vote, right? So like Mm -hmm. if you have a state with way less people, your, your vote won't shouldn't weigh as much as other states yeah because there's not as many people that it's affecting but if the electoral college is representative of population then what's why not just go with the popular vote i don't know like that's what's (laughs) so okay so this is from i'm gonna read this this is like straight is it yeah this is like straight from the website i'll have also have all of my um sites what's it fucking called my sources (laughs) I'm melting before your eyes. It's so hot in here. Um, I'm going to have all my sources linked down below. Anyway, this is straight from the site. The Electoral College ensures that all parts of the country are involved in selecting the president of the United States. If the election depended solely on the popular vote, then candidates could limit campaigning to heavily populated areas or specific regions. To win the election, presidential candidates need to vote, need electoral votes from multiple regions, and therefore they build campaign platforms with, na- with a national focus, meaning that their winner will actually be serving the needs of the entire country. Without the Electoral College, groups such as Iowa farmers and Ohio factory workers would be ignored in favor of pandering to metropolitan areas with higher population densities, leaving rural areas and small towns marginalized. Okay. Yeah. But the Electoral College gives too much power to swing states and allows presidential elections to be cited by a handful of states. Because of the Electoral College, presidential candidates only need to pay attention to a limited number of states that can swing one way or the other. And that's why it's so confusing, because you just saw, you thought you were solving one problem, but you created another. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, the Electoral College doesn't make any sense, and that's why no one knows about it. That's why no one knows its true purpose, because it doesn't serve one. So, if, if, if the Electoral College is... <laughs> If the electoral college is abolished, are is that like is it that every small town in Middle America is gonna be their vote won't count? Like I don't, I'm confused. Like I understand that people still need protection no matter what. But yeah, their vote would still count. <laughs> you can talk in circles all day. It doesn't make any sense. I just like they need even they're saying we like we basically need even more power because we know that there are more people who disagree with us yeah um 
that sounds like cheating. The Electoral College is a mess. I really... Imagine if, like, the Electoral College favored liberals. It would be gone in a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if California benefited from the Electoral College? Oh, my Bye. God. See? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so wild. Um, yeah. Okay, there's another thing that I wanted to touch on in terms of political views. And it's something that I've heard a lot of people say, and I'm going to say the term, and I know it's going to trigger you. Socially liberal and fiscally conservative. <laughs> no! No, 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 no. <laughs> What do you think whenever you hear that? When I hear that, I hear you are a good, like you're a good person, and you really want to do the right thing. You just are really uninformed about how, every, how everything works. And I don't like blame the person because I think they are trying, but it's hard being someone from a marginalized group um, that is affected by the fiscal policies because you can vote for gay marriage or like be open to that all you want. But if like gay people or specifically like trans people don't have access to healthcare funding and like schools aren't. Um, providing education about diverse groups of people, then you're still hurting me. Yes. So I don't, I appreciate that you think that gay people are okay, but put your money where your mouth is. So, yes, this is what I wrote. In order to be socially liberal, supporting programs such as Planned Parenthood, universal health care, criminal justice reform, and any program that actually helps people costs money, taxpayer money. So saying you don't care about women, disabled people, so saying you care about women, disabled people, people of color, LGBTQIA, but not enough to deal with their problems doesn't really make any sense. You cannot socially progress if there's no funding to socially progress. Right. It's literally put your money where your mouth is. You can't be like, mm, that's a problem. Not your problem. <laughs> You're like, I think that they should be able to have an equal life. I just don't want to pay for it. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a cop out and yeah. it's a way to get a pass. But I think that a lot of people genuinely don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had talks and some of our close friends say that. Yeah. And it's just like, no. That no. Doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't work because you can maybe, like, be fiscally conservative with... I think people always just... It's always taxes and welfare, I mm-hmm. feel like, are the top two. And they forget that the conservative party also takes away funding from every marginalized group ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Period. Period. Um, period. If you do not have in your family a white man, you're gonna be you're gonna be hurt by the conservative party, mm-hmm. and that's why I think conservative women are always married with a husband, mm-hmm. and because they benefit from the privilege of forwarded to their husbands, mm-hmm. and so they do not understand that without him she and would his not, privilege, her life would be a lot different. Right. Yes. So. <laughs> So if I, yeah, that's what's just baffling to me because it's like, and I feel like with conservative politics, it requires there to be a white man in, yeah. involved. Um, my other question to you is how do you feel about the fact that we are kind of stuck in this like two party system? I think it's really silly and I think it's very divisive while I, un- but I also understand that there are, I feel like we've kind of found just two different kind of roads that we want to go down in two different ways that we view running the country. And I am, I'm sure there are a lot more. I think it would just be so much more beneficial to know what one person believes in regardless Mm -hmm. of party. Like, don't even tell me the party. Just like, tell me what does this person believe in? Mm -hmm. That would make me feel. And I think, think everyone be a lot more rational, but one, I don't think that's good for the media because they need that to fuel the fire. But also when you're in a whole system, like, House of or House of I said the House of Republicans. The House of Cards. <laughs> That's what I thought I had to say. The Senate and the House. It's like you you need people who are like minded to help work on things and to push things through. So I feel like it's only natural mm-hmm. that there is this separation. Yeah. And I feel like there there if there were any more than two, it might get more confusing or hard to pass things because when you have so many groups fighting, mm-hmm. like what can get done? It's like monopoly. It's like yeah. the more people you're playing with, the harder it gets. Yeah. So I really don't know what the answer is, but I think that, I have the answer. Well, tell me. Ranked choice voting. What's that? Okay, so ranked choice voting allows voters to rank candidates by preference, meaning they can submit ballots that not only list their first choice candidate for a position, but also their second, third, and so on. So say the first choice was a third-party candidate, 
They would not fear that their vote would not be wasted because their second choice could be a major party candidate. If their first choice didn't reach a certain threshold of votes, the second choice would then be counted. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. I was like, yeah, that's my idea. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I really want to vote. I want to vote for Bernie. Right. But like, I can't. Right. But like, I want to. Right. So if I could vote for Sleepy Joe Biden second. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that there's, would. There's um a, I think it's Maine who's doing it this year. It's like the only, I think New York may be doing it. They voted, I think it was like 70, 73% of them said that they wanted it. But I don't know if it's going to be in effect this year. Um, but it, it definitely looks like that's like. Especially, I would say, in like more liberal um, states is going to be kind of the future of that. I hope so. Because you have so many people from like the middle ground of the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, whoever, that are like, no, I'm voting for my candidate because if I don't, then I'm giving into the two-party system. Mm -hmm. And so I think the ranked choice voting is the easy way to be like, okay, well, now everyone can do it. So a lot less fighting. 100%. So I asked everyone what their most important issues were, um, and I made a pie chart. I wish we could do this by age, because I think that would be fascinating. It would be, but this took an, almost an hour and a half. Not to invalidate work. <laughs> <laughs> so overwhelmingly, um, I'm going to just, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to go through all the topics. If it had less than like five votes, I was like, mm, no. So we have race, healthcare climate change, women's reproductive rights, human rights inequality, um, education funding, economy, pandemic, anti-corruption slash honesty, immigration, and then literally Trump. (laughs) That's their issue. (laughs) So the biggest um, majority of people, their uh, most important issue was human rights slash equality. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And some people like said like multiple things in one and I counted all of them because I think they're all important like to them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was number one. Number two was healthcare. Number three was women's reproductive rights. Number four was climate change. Mm. But like they're all important. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty close. And then um, number five was race. And then all the rest are kind of like the same. Okay. Which I'm really surprised that the pandemic wasn't like more. Yeah. But I think everyone's like... So this is how we live now. <laughs> so that was a really cool breakdown. Obviously, we have a lot more like liberal viewers than conservative, but um, and a lot of those conservative people did voice their issues. They were just less than five. So sorry about that. And <laughs> so I feel like all these issues are more like everyone's fighting like for, um, uh, like fighting to give like more rights. And then, mm-hmm. so then, what is are the conservatives' opinions? Just they're more just fighting to like keep rights from. I'm genuinely confused. Um, okay, I think it's, a it, lot of people's. I got a lot of messages from a lot of our conservative viewers about anti-abortion. Okay, and I got a lot of um, uh, conservative views, uh, or a lot of conservative issues focused on more military spending. Okay. I feel like I can, a while, while I disagree, I can entertain, like, the pro-life d- debate or um, the military even. It's just what I don't understand is I don't understand how climate change is a political issue. Mm-hmm. And, there, yeah, there are, like, certain issues, again, like with the pandemic, that I don't understand how we've politicized them. And I think mm-hmm. that's what baffles me. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm disappointed that climate's not more up there. Yeah. I think that, um, and I think I've shared this before, but I went to a very, very important executive Google conference. <laughs> that and, scarred him for life. And the scientists there, and that are, I swear to you, I'm in the room with like literally the top CEOs of every company that you care about. And the, the they are learning from a top scientist. And he goes, we have five to seven years before we are actually too late and there is no point in trying anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to give up. The planet is actually dying and we have seven years to fix all the damage we've done. And the fact that it's political and it's still being like, do you believe in climate change? I don't understand it. And it makes me... I'm furious. Yeah. I am furious that science doesn't matter to people. Yeah. And 
I remember I, I don't know. I can't even get into it. I just like it's really upsetting to me. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, like I'm just sad because like we're actually like our kids are not going to have a place to grow up and it's our fault. And yeah. This. You want to talk about you don't want to wear a mask. You don't like abortion, but um, you're literally going to make your child grow up in a world where they can't breathe. Yeah. So what do you really care about? Controlling women. If you don't want an abortion, don't have one. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say <laughs> on that. I'm sorry if it wasn't like as concise, but it's a heavy topic. <laughs> and that was us trying to have a discussion with you guys. And thank you guys for taking part. Yes, we appreciate it. And I hope that everyone gets out there and they go exercise their right to vote. It's not a privilege. It's a right. And, um, yeah. And post selfies with their sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, what is your recommendation for this week? Just to, no matter what No, your recommendation. Oh. I always kind of recommend them to oh. stay sane. Oh. <laughs> I just like... It sounded like what, an intention. Whatever. <laughs> I recommend that whatever side wins, that like we find a way to... Exist. Uh, react and exist appropriately um, and responsibly. Just like let's not like burn down our country um, no matter what happens. Because like I think there are going to be riots no matter what. And I'm really scared of that. Yeah, especially living in LA. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is to, uh, if you're gonna vote in person, bring snacks. <laughs> intention. My intention for the week. My intention for the week is to accept the things I cannot change. <laughs> and put that on the shirt. Have the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> or wait, I that God grants me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, that's good. Yes, I'm gonna steal that. That is the serenity prayer. That's all I can. I'm like, I'm just. I feel like a lot. I've just been waiting for this moment, and I'm so anxious. Yeah. I just feel like so scared. But, um, yeah, I just got to take it as it comes. <laughs> and hopefully next time you see me, I will be okay. Oof. But I can't promise anything. <laughs> we will see. We will see. We will see. Not Maybe not tomorrow, but maybe a few days after. Yeah. So hold your breath and lock your doors. Mm. And pray. Because I, I think Jesus is on our and side. And have your registered gun under your pillow. That's right. That's absolutely right. If you have a registered gun, then you better, baby, grab it. Put it on your pillow. Well, I'm not against that. Uh-uh. Nope. No, no. You protect yourself. Guffy. <laughs> Guffy. Guffy with my ex. <laughs> <laughs>